1: Hello, and welcome to Tandia Talks Money. A podcast episode today is going to be all about Fraud Awareness Month. It's an annual observance dedicated to educating individuals about the various types of fraud and how to protect themselves from being a victim. I mean, it's observed in the month of March every year, and it's designed to raise awareness about the impact that fraud can have on individuals, businesses, and communities. But April Fool's, it's not March anymore. But fraud, you know, it doesn't end with March. Like the criminals are not like, hey, March is done. We're good. We'll see you next March. No, this is an ongoing issue. So we thought, why not stretch it out today? And we have a special guest. You may remember our cyber fighting crime superhero, Rachel. She's director of Cyber Market Intelligence and Financial Crimes at Interact Corporation. With over 20 years' progressive experience in the payment industry, Rachel specializes in fraud management and money movement services. And she's responsible for the creation and implementation of effective fraud prevention programs and strategic partnerships to mitigate fraud losses and ensure an appropriate balance between fraud risk and customer experience. As a fraud spokesperson for the organization, Rachel informs and builds awareness around payment fraud and to law enforcement agencies, interact member stakeholders and the general public. So that is why we picked her and we asked her to join our podcast again. So, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Carla, for having me. So today, you know, we played a little April Fool's joke on you making you think it's March still, Um, even though it kind of feels like spring is like never coming. But, you know, maybe seeing the month change to April will make us all feel better. But today we're going to talk about fraud and how, you know, it doesn't end with March. Now that we know fraud is a year round concern and we are seeing, you know, new spins on old scams, these criminals, they're always looking for new ways to trick people and unfortunately, they are successful at it. They are constantly evolving and adapting their tactics to take advantage of unsuspecting victims. You know, like, they're really, they're really good at their jobs. Like, I don't know anybody else in their job that can adapt as quickly and fast and constantly change as much as these cyber criminals do. And ironically, like, it brings me back to the 80s, you know? Come, 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 come chameleon. Yeah come and go. Right? These criminals, they come and go and they're ever changing. I'm not gonna lie. Rachel told me to use that song. It's a pretty great song as I think it nails what a cyber criminal is. So I thought we could start off. Rachel, can you tell us a little bit more how? How are these criminals changing? What's the newest scams? What's going on? And you know, just give us all the info today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for the really warm introduction. I mean, my ego is is this big now. Really, what, what we're seeing is, as you mentioned, those criminals are pivoting. They adapt extremely well to opportunities. And this is where we always have to be on guard. Right. So I'll give you an example. Right now there's some scarcity in terms of rental units. The housing market is high. There's not a lot of apartments on the market. And then in this particular case, these criminals are like, hey, what if I just put an online ad, pretend that there's an apartment, this really great apartment at an affordable price that is available. I'm gonna get a lot of people that are interested. And then I'm gonna ask for a deposit to secure a viewing right? So then you have these, these individuals that are interested, they're replying to the ad, they're saying, I really want to see it. And you see the landlord usually doesn't have time that day, or they want to make sure that they have uh, someone who's really interested and serious about the apartment. So they'll say, you know what, no problem. Why don't you send me a deposit? This will guarantee that you'll have a time to come and see the apartment. And then if you're interested in, in signing a lease, will put that deposit towards your first month's rent. So sounds legitimate, but what happens is that when these interested parties show up on the day that they're supposed to visit the apartment, there's either no apartment for rent, the landlord is nowhere to be seen, or you know the person who's currently renting doesn't know anything about it, the apartment's not vacant. So you just lost your money. And then also the other part that hurts is that you still don't have an apartment. To move Mm.
1: it. That seems so crazy to think. Like, and I guess like with the way like the scarcity in the housing market and what we've kind of recently gone through in just terms of purchasing. I have my younger cousins going through this and my brothers, you know, they're going in and they're going in blind with these kind of offers. And to me, I'm like, what do you mean? Like you don't have like conditions of things. Because that's just like how I purchased my house. So to me, that seems like, oh my, that's such a big risk. But The way it's been to hear and think of somebody saying like, oh, can I, you know, send a deposit to secure your time? You know, your radar is probably not even really up on that yet, right? Like, you're kind of like, okay, well, yeah, you know what? I really need this apartment. I really need to see it. So, yeah, I'll send the guy or the person a deposit because you don't think twice about it. But I can't imagine, like, that feeling. Like you said, like, not only are you out the money, but you're still, like, out an apartment. So how do you move forward with that. Like, it's just crazy.
2: Exactly. Like it makes sense, but I think you have to, you, you also have to think about, you know, how is this the first time that someone has ever asked for a deposit and what are the repercussions? Like if I don't know who I'm sending money to, you know, if anything happens, do I even know that the person I'm sending money to is the person I'm going to meet? So I think this is where you just gonna kind of have to pause a little bit and think, you know, is this realistic? It's interesting, like there's that scarcity in the housing market you mentioned, but there's also criminals where they're trying to reach out to people who already have an apartment. And what they're saying is that they're posing as either the landlord or the property manager and they said, well, you know what? You used to be sending money to this email address or you used to be paying us in checks. We're changing the method of payment right now. Start sending your monthly rent to this email address. And you go, yeah, sounds right. I'm going to send it over there. And you only find out that it's, it's a fraud several days after you know you've sent your payment and your landlord goes, you're behind on rent. And you go, no, I did pay my rent. I sent it like you told me to. So like I said, they pivot, they adapt, they look at opportunities and they are, to your point, they are really good at their job, just like we're good at our jobs. So in these two cases, you know, I always say, just take a moment, like when there's a sudden change in behavior, this is where you have to kind of scrutinize it and think to yourself, you know, is that possible? Yes or no. But What am I going to do to validate this information? If my landlord always texts me or calls me up to share information, why all of a sudden is it coming from an email address that I don't necessarily recognize? So go back to the original method of communication and go, I just got this email from you or a text. You're telling me to change things. Is that legitimate, yes or no? And they might say, yes, actually, I'm changing email address or, Nope, never. Let's just keep on track with what we've done. So it's just going back to the original method of uh, communication.
1: Yeah, I think that's super important. And that's the thing, right? Like we chatted about this when we were kind of prepping for this podcast, but we're so quick to make decisions. Sometimes you don't think twice, but we as the consumer have to be that first line of defense. So like you just said, if it's something out of the normal or you 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 have that little inkling and you're like, this, this just seems a little odd or you kind of think to yourself, oh, this is random. Like no one's ever said anything about this. Like take that two minutes and validate it and see. And you know what? It could be, yes, we've changed. This is the new method. Or it could be, no, I've never heard of this. So Being that first line of defense, I think, is the most important aspect when it comes to anything in your life, your finances, to protect yourself across fraud. Anything that you feel is not going to be the most beneficial thing for you, I think you need to stop, pause and think about it.
2: That's excellent advice. And I mean, you should be sitting in this seat, too, right? So first line of defense That's where we are. But we also are the most vulnerable point in this chain of transaction. We're kind of playing a dual role. And these criminals are so good. Like they'll reach at you. And I think we had this this conversation before where you receive a text. Have you received a text? And it's like, oh, hey, Carla, I'm going to swing by your house and I'm going to pick you up to go shopping like we talked about. And you go who's this? I don't recognize the number. And I know in my case, I went, sorry, I think you got you, you have the wrong person. And they go, oh, I do. I'm so sorry. You sound so nice. And then they engage you in a conversation and you can tell they've done this before. And then you can get, you know, some people are like, oh, well, you do sound nice too. And it's like, oh, well, you know, where do you live? And then they kind of go on and they, they drag you into this quasi like a friendship only to later on probably ask you for money or give you investment advice. So you always have to be on the lookout on those things.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's kind of it's scary and a little bit sad at times because, like, you know, you think, oh, no, I'm just talking to this person. They mistakenly sent me a text like there's nothing wrong. They're not out to get me. But it is so unfortunate that they are so good at their jobs. And like you said, we are the most vulnerable kind of part in it, because, you know, you don't want to go through life thinking like, oh, they're out to get me. No, nope, no, nope, they're coming for me. That's what they're doing. And it's sad. But I think there's like a level of responsibility that we need to carry. And, you know, maybe we don't fully engage in this. And maybe that person, you know, maybe just text you and it was wrong. But, you know, you still have to have that guard up because I think you mentioned in another conversation that we had, but they take pieces of you from all different areas, right? So it's important once you said that, I was I'm very mindful now of what I put out on the internet or what I put out in conversation with people or people that I don't know, or because I come into contact with a lot of people just by the nature of my job. And it's like the little like devil and angel on my shoulder now. And it's like, oh no, maybe don't put that out there because you know, that person or whoever is seeing this Instagram post that this day is my children's birthday, can then take that piece of information and put it together with this piece of information. And then they could infiltrate my life a little bit, right? Without me even realizing it, because they've pieced this puzzle together. I mean, I don't know who's actually sitting behind their computer and they're like, Carla, that girl, like we're getting her. But I mean, if the opportunity were to present itself, I'm sure it would be there for them to take. (laughs) So we talked about like the rental scam. So can you... Can you maybe give some advice on like what people can do if they think they've fallen victim or maybe enlighten us on what a new spin on an old scam might be? We're seeing it more and more. And I think with our economic climate right now, we'll just kind of continue to perpetuate these new scams to be developed or new spins on old scams and ever changing with that. So What's some kind of advice that you can give to us to stay vigilant, uh, be aware of these scams and how to kind of protect ourselves?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this is not I don't want to make people paranoid, but we do need to bring awareness. And it's just that we get people to pause these fraudsters. They strive on making sure that there's like urgency in their message, right? You need to act now. There's a package that's trying to be delivered, but it's stuck at customs, and uh, you know you need to pay, or we need you need to send this information. Otherwise, we think it's drugs that's contained in it. I don't know if you've received that one. I have, which I thought was interesting, but. It's probably coming, right? But there's that urgency that that really makes you want to do that gut reaction of just jumping on, providing the information because the last thing you want is to have custom agents coming to your door. And I say this stop, scrutinize, and report it is like pause, think about it, scrutinize it more, think of yourself. What's the likelihood of, you know, have you ordered anything? online and that could be stuck at customs and since the pandemic we've all ordered so much you know we've done done the digital shift of not even going to the store anymore we just get food delivered you know we can get our goods and services pretty much delivered at the door all of a sudden this package that you may or may not have ordered is stuck at customs and they automatically think it's drugs What's the likelihood? So you got to think about it. And if it is maybe, you know, UPS that's contacting you, well, then go back and contact them, not using the link that they've provided, but going to, you know, ups.com and then reaching out to them that way, or maybe just don't respond, you know, and they'll get in touch with you if they really want to. That's my philosophy. That's exactly.
1: (laughs) I am the worst person. So God, Like help anybody if they ever try to phone me and I don't have you in my contact list. Like I will not answer the phone. Like I am notorious. Like I do not answer phone numbers I don't know. And everyone always like, but what if somebody's like urgently trying to get you? I'm like, then they'll call back or they'll leave a message. So it's fine. That's my tactic, right? But it's true. Like if something is that urgent or they're gonna find you or they need to find you, somebody will get in touch with you.
2: (laughs) And have you missed anything by by not not. answering? Has anything happened? Exactly. Exactly. To your point, there's ways of getting in touch with you, and it's probably not legit. So if you do fall victim to any of these scams, though, I think it's important to report it. So there's the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. They assume that there's only 5 to 10% of fraud actually being reported. So I think it's important, and there's value in reporting it so that we have you know, an accurate picture of the landscape. And also report it to law enforcement. They can't do anything if they're not aware of it. So report it to your local law enforcement. But hopefully you don't fall victim to scam. You identify it. And then, you know, what best in a conversation at a party now that we're actually going back to face to face about talking about your recent experience with friends and family? Because if you share that, you might actually find out that other people in your circle have been targeted the same way or might be going down that rabbit hole to fall for a scam. And they'll say, really, that was a fraud? I had no idea. And that actually happened to me recently where a friend of mine was investing in some cryptocurrency and they found this website online and they offered great advice. And uh, and they could also go to the website to track the returns, which was a ridiculous amount. I think the returns was over 25%. Mm-hmm. Which, right there, I mean, should be a red yeah. flag. And sure enough, it turns out she was able to get half her money back. But at least she's like, I was about to invest more. And it wasn't until I talked to you that I was like, wait a minute. You know, you're right. There are some red flags there.
1: Yeah, it's true. Number one, this is totally random, but I feel like you should carry a badge. And I feel like when these people like try to like text you, you should be like, boom. You don't know who you're texting right now. I'm going to report you. That was just my little side joke of you in my head. It's funny that you come into contact with these scams and you're probably like, yeah, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Like I'm on to you. But I think that's like a really big point that I think we should kind of really push this year in our April fraud month <laughs> as we continue through the year. Because one, again, it doesn't stop in March. Everybody talked about it in March, you see it everywhere. March is fraud month. Great, great, great. It doesn't end. They don't stop. And I think the biggest thing is reporting it. Like when you're in it, you maybe get the text and you're like, oh yeah, this was whatever. I'm just gonna ignore it and let it go. But I think it's important to report that somewhere. Report it on anti-fraud center, saying, Hey, like I'm being victim to this, or somebody tried to contact my grandmother and they are being solicited to go take out money. Like things that are happening within, share it with your friends, share it on social, share it on the anti-fraud center, because without everybody knowing these things, it'll just make their job harder, right? Like, so the more people that know that these scams are happening, the harder it will be for them to infiltrate communities or infiltrate kind of people's lives, because People are being more aware of it. And I think the awareness factor is probably one of the biggest things that people don't really talk about, right? We talk about, oh, I've been scammed. I lost my money. I lost this. But I think it's the reporting part that will help mitigate it a little bit. So, like us, the first line of defense, talking about it, seeing kind of like what other people are going through, maybe being that angel on their shoulder, being like, no, maybe you should think twice about that that's like a very 90s like reference, right? Like, I don't think anybody like Gen Z is probably knocking with her. But like, what is she talking about? Like an angel and devil, but it was in like every TV show, mostly because I'm making my children watch Full House from the entirety. And like, it comes up all the time. And I'm like, why did we think this was normal that like a random angel and devil just like popped onto somebody's shoulder in the middle of an episode? But, you know, I think we need to go back to that and think of these things and be that first line of defense because it stops with us, right? And report it to your financial institution. Even if you don't want to report it past that, if you report it to your financial institution, they're probably being able to look at it and say like, oh, you know what? We've had other people also report the same thing. So, but again, I think ultimately the goal of Fraud Awareness Month is to help individuals and businesses take steps to protect themselves and their finances. And like anything that we talk about, by educating yourself about the various types of fraud and your financial picture, staying diligent, taking proactive steps to safeguard your financial information, ultimately can reduce your risk of becoming a victim of fraud. And by working together and sharing information, we can help protect our communities and hopefully put an end to a fraud and maybe get Rachel a badge. So (laughs) thank you, Rachel, so much for joining us, uh, sharing your expertise on fraud. I hope this has been helpful for our listeners. If there's anything else that you wanted to share or touch on that we maybe didn't hit, but I think we've planned out some more episodes in the future. Um, So we'd love to hear from our listeners too, like after hearing this, and do you want to hear more details about scams or certain scams or what's going on? Um, And we can kind of build out
2: some more episodes around that. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you so much, Carla, for having me. Love being here. We'll work on the badge. Not sure. Yeah, Not sure about that approach, but um, I love the idea.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Awesome. So again, remember, you're in control of your money. Take charge, make smart decisions. And of course, always stay tuned for more financial insights and inspiration right here on Tandia Talks Money. We want you to recognize your worth and help you enjoy life to its fullest and beyond so you can have the experiences you've always wanted to do. We are here for you. We encourage you to get in touch with us at any time, whether again, it's just with a question about our business or comment on how we might be able to answer some of those burning financial questions. Maybe you have some burning fraud questions. After all, at Tandia, your voice is the most important one. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we hope you found value through this podcast. We are on all the social channels. Please snap a photo of this podcast, tag us and share us on your channel so we can help get the word out. Don't forget, you can always, always, always connect with us at Tandia.com. And we will link in the show notes how you can report fraud, where you can report fraud, and some other resources that you can read upon. So thanks so much again, Rachel, and catch you soon.
2: Thank you. Take care.
0: Thanks for tuning in. I don't know about you, but I feel smarter already. Remember, Tandia is here to help. If you found this podcast helpful, please let us know. Got feedback? Want to learn more? Just head to Tandia.com. Tandia, as unique as you.